4: How sad-sack stooges for right-wing billionaires pretend that they're patriots, and how genuine patriots actually work to heal a country, to bring out its best, to strengthen its social and political fabric, and to make a better nation and world for future generations. We'll get to that. Ellie Mistal is going to be with us. So what can Democrats do to fight the Texas handmaiden tale? My rant today from Hartman Report, the headline is, uh, How sad stack Stooges for Right-Wing Billionaires Pretend that They're Patriots. And I'm just gonna run through this. I mean, you know, these guys, they show up at the school board and city council meetings literally wrapped in the American flag in some cases, carrying a machine gun or an AR-15 or a pistol in one hand and a Bible in the other, screaming obscenities and threats at public officials. They demand that our children be exposed to COVID in school. And then they support governors and legislatures that in 12 Republican controlled states have refused to expand Medicaid So when those kids and their families, low income kids and their families get sick from being forced to go to school without masks, there's nobody to pay for their treatment. They expect millions more health bills, medical bills coming along. They forbid teachers from teaching sex education outside of the abstinence only programs that Reagan started in 1982, that Barack Obama put on hold in 2010 and that trump not only put back in but tripled the budget for these are sex education programs that don't mention birth control they only mention the fact that no man will want you young lady if you have sex before you're married and then on top of that when girls get pregnant as as young women are tend to do generally unintentionally they make it very very difficult to get an abortion in texas is functionally illegal They insist that global warming is a hoax, these people. And they fight like hell to keep hundreds of billions in taxpayer subsidies flowing to the fossil fuel oligarchs. They threaten violence if you just bring up carbon taxes, electric cars, or, for God's sake, LED light bulbs. They encouraged an attack on our U.S. capital as well as on several state capitals. They invaded the capital here in Oregon. In Michigan, they tried to kill the governor, uh, Gretchen Whitmer. They tried to kill Vice President Mike Pence. They tried to kill Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi. they complain about the American carnage of our century-old infrastructure. But if politicians talk about, well, let's raise taxes on the well-off and the morbidly rich to pay for that, they threaten a new civil war. They demand prayer in schools and one nation under God at public events, but completely disregard Jesus' teaching that when you pray, you should go in your closet and do it privately. Their preachers openly violate U.S. tax law so that you and I are paying for their fire and their police protection and their public roads and utilities, all while again defying both Jesus and the founders of this country, saying that church and state should be separate. They attack colleges and academics and they support over a trillion dollars in student debt, something that happens nowhere else in the civilized world while demanding protective tariffs against countries who are technologically outpacing us. Why? Because they have a better educated workforce. They claim to be Christians yet they oppose government supported food stamps and housing support. Just right in the face of Matthew 25. They claim to believe in democracy yet they push laws making it harder to vote and making it easier for goons in militia garb to show up as so-called poll observers to intimidate those who actually want to vote. They say they're on the side of working people, but they hate unions. Bottom line, they claim to be America's best patriots, these people. They're not. They're wrong. They're tragically deluded. In fact, these people that we're seeing on TV every day, you know, shouting in school board meetings and showing up here and there, they're actually sad sack stooges for the right-wing billionaires who don't want their polluting industries regulated or their taxes raised. They are the gullible patsies of hustlers claiming religion inspires them while fleecing their parishioners so that they can get a new private jet or a new mansion in Hawaii. They are sexually insecure men who are being played as marks by the NRA and the weapons industry who keep telling them, you know, if you just strap an AR-15 prosthetic penis across your back, it makes you seem more masculine. They are the grown up elementary school bullies who turn to violence as children. And they're terribly confused when they see non-white people on TV or in politics who seem really smart. They're the useful idiots of foreign autocrats who send millions of trolls and publish fake news across social media every single day because a functioning American democracy is a threat to their own wealth, power, and appearance of legitimacy, the autocrats. These dupes, they, you know, they're, they're, they're dupes for billionaire media families and their TV and radio hosts who are laughing all the way to the bank as they crank the outrage machine harder and harder to keep their suckers glued to the dial. It's really sad when you think about it. You know, these people, uh, this morning, uh, Stephanie Miller, in fact, uh, you know, whose show precedes mine on a lot of these stations, um, came right out and said, you know, the people dying in the hospitals right now, almost without exception, are Trump voters. This is what has been done to them. They are cult followers. They think they're patriots, but in fact, they're suckers and dupes and rubes. They're not patriots. They have been screwed for 40 years by Reaganomics, they've been told that it's raining while, while, while that trickle-down is just America's oligarchs pissing on them, and they're looking for someone to blame. And Trump and right-wing media have told them for years that their troubles are caused by people of color, or scientists, pointy-headed liberals, scientists, unions, you know, the unions are the fault. And the coastal elites. I got an email from Donald Trump yesterday saying the coastal elites are coming, are trying to destroy America. It was one of his daily fundraising emails. Sometimes I get three of them a day. I got one from Newt Gingrich yesterday. And they're believing it, these people. I mean, it would be tragic. It would be sad. It would be something I would be sympathizing with and empathizing with if they weren't turning. To violence instead they've become a genuine threat both the law-abiding Americans who are getting attacked in stores for just wearing masks who are you know just trying to run their school and decide you know do we need to hire another lunch person and instead they've got people screaming Marxism at them and people from right-wing militia groups who don't even have kids showing up at school board meetings terrorizing them they are a threat to law-abiding Americans and to the stability of this democratic republic. And I think it's time that we need to stop coddling them. We need to stop the, you know, we were told, oh, don't disrespect the Trump voters back in the day. And now we're being told, oh, don't make fun of the people who won't get vaccinated or who are showing up at school board meetings, you know, with guns and Bibles and screaming about crazy stuff. Well, to hell with that. This is the Tom Hartman Program. I'm over it. I'm not going to coddle these fools and asses any longer. They're suckers. (laughs) On the line with us is Ellie Mistal, the uh, justice correspondent for The Nation, the author of a forthcoming book allow me to retort a black guy's guide to the constitution thenation.com is where you can find his writings ellie nyc is his twitter handle e-l-i-e-n-y-c or of course at the nation ellie welcome to the program uh you have been speaking out I, I catch you all the time on msnbc and other media um talking about ways that democrats can respond to this new handmaid's tale uh reality of, in texas uh, what are your thoughts? What are your most recent thoughts on 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 both a political response and a legal response?
5: First of all, thank you so much for having me, Tom. I really appreciate it's the a opportunity. Pleasure second and an honor. <clears throat> second of all, my thoughts is that so far the DOJ's response has been entirely ineffective. Merrick Garland came out over the long weekend announcing that his, the Department of Justice, was going to aggressively enforce face protection laws. Now, the face law is a very old statute that we have um, that prohibits people from obstructing access to abortion clinics, abortion providers, other family planning services. That law has been on the books for, I want to say, 10, 15 years, maybe uh, even longer. it's first of all it should already be being enforced, right? Like right. the fact that Garland has to say like we're going to enforce it now kind of you know, suggest that this law has not been aggressively enforced before. And literally any person, and I know some of them, any person who has done the work of being an abortion escort, where you literally need to escort people seeking family planning services into clinics, every person who's done that knows that these face laws have already been under-enforced by the federal government. Right. because they are the, the reason why they, these women need escorts is because people are accosting them screaming at them and blocking their path all right so yeah face laws should definitely be enforced won't do a single thing to stop the Texas law the Texas law is not about obs- Destructing abortion clinics, or bombing abortion clinics, or doing violence to abortion clinics. The Texas law is about suing abortion clinics, abortion providers, you know, drivers, Uber drivers, receptionists. It's about suing people who provide constitutionally protected services to pregnant people after six weeks of pregnancy. And there's no faith law that that violates, right?
4: I read his his statement in the the Washington Post over the weekend, and I'm like, what does this have to do with this whole, uh, you know, Texas vigilante thing? It it, it was a complete non sequitur.
5: And, you know, one of the things that I find frustrating about it, um, on top of of many things, is that why does he even make that statement, right? It's designed to calm people down it's designed to give the appearance of action without actually taking action and this i have to say is is part and parcel of the general democratic response the general white male democratic response to the attacks on women's rights to choose over the last 30 or 40 years. It's not to aggressively fight for the right um, to family planning and fight for the right for, for abortions. It is to appear to be protecting the principle without actually putting skin in the game, butts on the line... to to fight and protect women. This is what Democrats do more often than not on this issue. They try to say the nice thing. They try to calm passions. They try to skirt the issue instead of aggressively going out and fighting. And that's why we're here, because the Republicans, as we've seen in Texas, as we see in Mississippi, as we're about to see in Florida and South Dakota and Missouri and Arkansas, Republicans are out here like they're on crusade, all right? They act like they have the moral high ground. They act like forcing a woman to to bring a pregnancy to term against her will is something that is not barbaric, which is beyond me. But they act like they are on some kind of holy crusade, and Democrats act ashamed that they have to... Protect
4: women's rights, and this and this goes way back, Ellie. I mean, back in in the early '90s, Bill Clinton was talking about how we want to make ab- abortion safe, legal, and rare, and you know, which is again buying into the frame that there's something wrong with abortion. Obviously, we're talking about pre-viability, um, and you know, in most cases, substantially pre-viability. But uh, you know, the this overwhelmingly emotional argument combined with the fact that you've got you know, this—the this, this uh, the Catholic Church, which has a seat in the United Nations and has no female citizens, uh, but is on the Family Planning uh, Commission at the UN, or at least used to be, um, you know, they, I think that you've got a lot of Democratic politicians who are afraid to offend Catholic voters. They, they don't want to lose them. And so they've always tried to have it both ways. Oh, we're trying to keep abortion safe and legal, but, you know, we kind of agree with you that it's immorally something that's a little creepy and we shouldn't have. Instead of saying right up front, unwanted pregnancies can be a terrible problem. They can be a life-destroying problem for some people. They can certainly be a life-altering problem for most people who are in a position where they can't care with this child. And as a society, one of the things that we know, and we know very well, I mean, the research on this has been done, and it's pretty impeccable, is that when you have large numbers of unwanted children, you end up with two crises. You end up with unwanted children who are raised knowing they're unwanted, and they end up badly damaged and in need of services the rest of their lives, whether it's psychological service or prison, and you end up with foundling homes, essentially. I mean, we're seeing these from 100 years ago, 50 years ago, these homes where children were taken, unwanted children in, in Ireland, and in Canada, sometimes for native children. And we're finding all these bodies buried on the grounds, you know, because they 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 basically they were unwanted, they were abused, they were mistreated. This is a crime. Uh, you know, against well, humanity and have, essentially.
5: And you have the problem of women who want abortions getting them in unsafe ways, right? Because that's,
4: right, which that's, is that's a the other
5: thing. that's that's the dark side of these restrictions. It Doesn't stop abortions, it forces women onto the black market where their health it cannot be protected. Correct. Look, From the perspective of people who claim, and I believe it is just a claim, I do not believe that this should be given the imprimatur of a a real belief, because you just got to think it through. But the people who claim that they care about the life of the unborn, well, here's an idea. Give $10,000 and free health care to women who want to carry their pregnancy to term. Like, you could do that. If you were so concerned about the care and well-being of unborn people, what you would do was to make sure that the mother was as protected, as healthy... As rested as possible in this society, right? You wouldn't, you wouldn't be fighting against, you know, a six-week uh, federal family leave policy. You would be demanding one-year paid federal family leave for any woman who wants to bring a pregnancy to term. That's what you do if you care about life. And let's- if you don't care about life, if you only care about controlling women's bodies, that's how you get into $10,000 bounty system for ratting out your neighbor trying to go to the doctor.
4: Amen. We're talking with Ellie Mistal, the uh, justice correspondent for The Nation and author of the forthcoming book, Allow Me to Retort, A Black Guy's Guide to the Constitution. And let's start using proper language, by the way. Um, number one, let's, let's stop using the word unborn unless we're talking about viable, you know, uh, uh, post-24-week pregnancies. Um, and, and let's stop referring to a, f- a pregnancy at six weeks or eight weeks or 10 weeks as a, as a fetus when in fact it's a zygote. Um, and let's stop referring to heartbeats at six weeks because there is no heart. There, there, are, there are cells in there that are pulsing with an electrical current because someday they will develop into a heart. The forced birth f- faction, essentially, has hijacked language, Ellie.
5: Look, most people in this country, are they think of themselves as somewhere in the middle, right? They want, want abortions to be legal in some cases and to be illegal in other cases. And what those people, for the most part, don't understand is that I have just described the law as it is right now. Right. All Roe v. Wade stands for, like all it stands for, is the concept that the state cannot force a woman to bring a pregnancy to term if she decides to terminate that pregnancy before fetal viability, which scientifically happens around 24 weeks. Fetal viability is the standard. Why? Because fetal viability, <coughs> excuse me, because <coughs> fetal viability is the point where scientifically the fetus can exist outside the womb, right? this makes sense. At the point where the thing needs, its, needs the woman to survive, then clearly it is still part of the woman's body. At the point where you can take it out and it can live on its own in some, you know, with medical help, well then we're in a different situation. Right, and that's where it so goes from being a fetus born- to an
4: unborn child.
5: Right, and that's why the courts have have put the demarcation line at fetal viability. After fetal viability, we agree that there is some state interest in blah, 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 blah. Before fetal viability, we agree that women are people, too. Right. It's as simple as that. So the law, as it is right now, already accounts for this push-pull in American politics, with people who want abortions sometimes but don't want abortions other times. That's where we are already. So Ellie, Ellie we're going to conservatives
4: are trying. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, we're going to hit a hard break here in in, uh, in about a minute, I think, um, that I can't control. What <laughs> legally? Do you th- how do you think this thing is going to play out in Texas legally? I I, I, I yeah. believe you're a graduate of the Harvard Law School, if I'm recalling correctly.
5: Indeed, although that's not as sterling credential as it used to be. Um, I, look. What Biden needs to do is, via executive order, establish. Federal abortion providers, federal doctors who are through qualified immunity cannot be sued by these private citizens trying to carry on their bounty hunt. That's the quickest way around the Texas law. But uh, but none of this stops until Democrats take back the Supreme Court. Because if it wasn't this Texas law, the Supreme Court was already poised to overturn Roe v. Wade this June in a case called Dobbs v. jackson House. Which uh, involves a Mississippi law That bans abortion after 15 weeks With no exception for rape or incest Like the court was already going to do this And as long as the Democrats Allow Republicans to control the Supreme Court They will do this
4: Yeah got issues wrapped within issues. Ellie Mistal, great talking with you. Thank you so much for dropping by. And good luck with your new book, Allow Me to Retort, A Black Guy's Guide to the Constitution. I'm looking forward to it. And thanks for writing for The Nation all the time. It's a great publication, thenation.com. Ellie, thanks for dropping by. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Sometimes Louise and I just crave a restaurant-quality dinner at home without doing all the work or driving. Well, Cook Unity is the first chef-to-you service delivering locally-sourced meals from award-winning chefs right to your door every week. And it appears to be less expensive than other delivery options. Go to cookunity.com slash Hartman, the two N's, or enter the code Hartman, the two N's, before checking out for 50% off your first week. We just received our first meals from Cook Unity. And what a huge difference it is to get the best chefs in the country to bring creative, delicious meals to us and you every week. Every meal is handcrafted by chefs and made in local micro-kitchens, not large production facilities. We just had the Chipotle maple glazed salmon with green beans and mango pico de gallo. It had everything we love in a meal. They have all sorts of options like vegan, paleo, pescatarian, gluten-free, and more. Menus are posted two weeks in advance, so you have plenty of time to choose. Experience chef-quality meals every week delivered right to your door. Go to CookUnity.com slash Hartman with two ends or enter the code Hartman with two ends before checking out for 50% off your first week. That's fifty percent off your first week by using the code Hartman or going to CookUnity.com slash Hartman.
3: Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery, starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital.
4: An ex-FBI official, this is this is Andrew McCabe. you know, the guy that Donald Trump went after. Used to be the, I believe he was the number two guy in the, in the FBI. Yeah, he was the FBI's deputy director from 2016 to 2018, and then also was the acting director of the FBI for a while. He was on TV over the weekend at CNN. He pointed out that there's this January 18th thing coming where the people that I was just referring to, these people who believe that they're patriots, because they have been duped by right-wing billionaires and talk show hosts and, and right-wing media that are just laughing all the way to the bank. The right-wing billionaires are using these poor, put the bank. And, and so they're, so these dupes, the, 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 the suckers, the rubes, who are buying into this Trumpism and into this stuff, they're organizing this second rally in, he uh, said so that he had a car bomb, he had D.C. shut down for about six hours. In April, a Capitol Police officer was murdered after a man ran his vehicle into him at, the, at a Capitol checkpoint. I mean, is, some of this is serious stuff. And so I suspect this time they're going to be taking it much more seriously. So, you know, that's up. And I got two two crazy alerts for you. This is this is just hysterical. Um, the, the first is uh, an ad from the... Um, Lincoln Project, and uh, yeah, they're ready to go, right, Nate? Oh, you don't. Okay, well, let me do the first one first while you're getting it ready. Um, this this is well. It, it, the headline is, "Oh, this is funny," uh, over by Polcat over on Daily Codes, But I, you know, I'd say it's a little concerning. Ivermectin is a drug that is used to treat parasites. It kills multicellular animals. And so it makes sense that it would be kind of hard on us because we're a multicellular animal too. I mean, we're not a worm that lives in an intestine, but we're a we're a complex life form. We're not a bacteria or a virus or something like that. So it's a pretty potent, it's pretty potent stuff. And they've been using it in Nigeria and other countries in the region that have uh, this uh, disease called, Uh, ochocoriasis, which is actually, uh, we we call it river blindness. And it's caused by these worms that get inside your body and and literally eventually work their way into the eyes and make people blind. And it can be treated with ivermectin. And so this is from the Archives of Applied Science Research. This is a peer-reviewed study. It has been evaluated. And they looked at the men who had been treated with ivermectin for river blindness, which is totally legitimate. In fact, it's, it's, it works for river blindness, for, for killing the worms in your body if they're going to invade your eyeballs. And so they gave ivermectin to these men. And what they found was that 85% of all the men treated with ivermectin, and this is a, over a period of a couple of years in Nigeria, Eighty-five percent of all male patients treated with ivermectin were discovered to have developed various forms, grades, and degrees of sperm dysfunctions, including low sperm count, poor sperm morphology. In other words, they, uh, they, well, they say two heads, tiny heads, double tails, absence of tails, albino sperm cells. Azoospermia, and in other words, no sperm, and and uh, or weird sperm, and poor sperm motility. In other words, little little guys can't wriggle their way up to to fertilize the ovum. Their conclusion, and this I'm reading from the study, we observed significant reduction in the sperm counts and sperm motility. The patient tested, patients tested on the morphology. There was a significant increase in the number of abnormal sperm cells. There was a significant drop in the sperm counts of the patients after their treatment with iver t- ivermectin there was also a significant reduction in the motility of the cells after the treatment with ivermectin there was also a significant increase in the number of a- abnormal cells after the treatment with ivermectin boy, that's a, it's a one two i mean you know a, a third of men who get symptomatic covid end up unable to get an erection and now the guys who are taking horse paste yeah, their, their sperm is all screwed up this is weird you're listening to the tom hartman program so a story that i bet you 50 bucks they're not going to cover on fox so-called news dave in federal way washington hey dave what's on your mind today
0: Hey, not too much, Tom. If we want to save America, we have to understand the threat. Okay, and and they had a special on P- on the public broadcasting this weekend about Ronald Reagan. Okay, and oh, no. his, his uh, yes, and it was basically fair and, and somewhat complimentary, but they mentioned the truth. The oh. truth is Ronald Ronald Reagan did not eliminate government. He actually um, reorganized government and he increased spending to three three things um uh, courts police and the military yeah. all right now that is a neoliberal agenda as yep. you well know and as you always talk about but what that did is, is cause and effect it, it caused a reaction in neoconservatives and all neoconservatives are in my opinion are embryonic fascists we must realize this all right and, I, and i'll tell you why we must realize this joe biden said it best okay what joe biden said was he believes that texas abortion law he thinks it is un-american no it is un-american you can't think if you think it's un-american the fascists are going to take over it's going to be naked fascism in my lifetime in this country and i'm 52 years old and i'm 85 I'm percent sure of it and um the thing is, Joe Biden lost speculation how he's going to go down in history. He is going to go down in history, if not the last American president, one of the last. After Joe Biden, they are going to be fully owned proxies of the Kremlin in Beijing. Look, three hundred ten million dollars a day was being spent in Afghanistan. I don't even think that's accurate. Okay, that's the unclassified numbers. Right. Three hundred ten million dollars a day. Do you think neoconservatives are going to walk away from that, Tom? Look, look in the media. Look what they're doing already. They're pushing this um, uh, the Pratt's Island incident. All these incursions into Taiwan by the Chinese. All, right, all this, this, this. Um, these are uh, Taiwan is is an American. They want a new
4: state. war. In other words.
0: Yeah, and, and, and the war, here's my problem. I know China and Russia have knowledge, because I also have this knowledge, okay? But for, for whatever reason, it's technical. All right? It can't be disputed about America. They have knowledge about America, and they're not sharing it. And ever since I figured that out, I have been wondering why. And the reason why they're not sharing it, Tom, is uh, China and Russia they need to portray America, unfortunately, as what it is. They're pushing America in a fascist direction so yeah. they can have a moral imperative to destroy this country.
4: Well, not really destroy it, they'll probably I, I, just make I it. Disagree. A- I disagree. I think <laughs> that they're pushing America in a fascist direction, and they're doing it through social media, by the way, in, in particular. I think that they're doing that to legitimize their own claim that democracy is vastly overrated. And the strongman oligarchy in Russia and whatever you want to call the Chinese political system right now, certainly you can't call it a democracy, autocracy or something like that, are actually better forms of government. And, and we will prove to you that America doesn't work. We will you know, put Americans at each other's throats and, and show you how dysfunctional it can be.
0: Yes. Look, Republicans, they only want to forfeit their agency to their boss at the corporations, okay? These corporations are going to answer to a master CEO. That CEO is going to be what we call the president of the United States. It's going to be an American Fuhrer, Tom. It's what it's going to be. Yeah.
4: Sounds like Mussolini. We are going to try and play this uh, Lincoln Project video here. It's from the Lincoln Project, so you can kind of get where they're going with this thing. And here it is.
3: Now more than ever, it's important for Americans to take care of their health. When it comes to protecting yourself against the COVID-19 virus, the FDA approved vaccine might not be the right choice for patients who are allergic to reality. That's why there's ivermectin the COVID-19 treatment option for real patriots. With ivermectin, you can say nay to the FDA and take matters into your own hooves. Don't take ivermectin if you plan on driving, operating heavy machinery, or if you're wearing your good pants. Side effects of ivermectin can include uncontrollable vomiting and diarrhea, the inability to pronounce Kamala Harris's name, or a sudden urge to speak to the manager. Some patients taking ivermectin have reported hallucinations of lizard people in the halls of Congress, and in rare cases, finding Joe Rogan's podcast helpful and or informative. Call your doctor if you begin to experience delusions of grandeur about the supremacy of your race. Homicidal thoughts or actions toward your elected representatives can occur without warning. Join the herd. Talk to your large animal veterinarian about ivermectin today. Or don't, because you're not a f***ing sheep.
4: I. It's just like, that That was, that. that's just hysterical. That's absolutely hysterical. Good work, guys. All righty, let's pick up your phone calls here and uh, see, see what see what's on your mind. Uh, Vivian in Lynchburg, Tennessee. Hey, Vivian, what's on your mind today?
6: Hi, Tom, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Uh, I just wanted your take on this uh the September 18th uh, rally that's going to take place in Washington, my, my attitude is we shouldn't even have protesters there. It, uh, anything that happens that goes wrong, but they'd have to blame it on, on them like they did on the January 6th deal when uh, McCarthy told Trump that these are all your people.
4: All right. So
6: I'm just thinking that we'd be better to not even have anybody there.
4: I, you know, if if I were uh, king, <laughs> I, I would I would say to the counter protesters, who I think are pretty riled up, don't show up. You know, hold a protest in another part of town or do something. You know, uh, try to get your own publicity another way. But I have a feeling it's going to be it's going to be a fight. You know, and and I'm I'm saying the the and kind of agreeing with you, Vivian, in the don't show up part, just because I I just. I'm not a fan of violence and of Americans, you know, beating each other and, and hating on each other. That said, uh, the flip side of that. And I, and I think I could also argue that one effectively is, you know, when you've got Nazis in the streets, if you don't stand up to them, you end up with what more Nazis in the streets. And so I think that there is a time when it is important to stand up to them. So maybe this is the case. And, uh, you know, um, I, You know, it, it, that's a that's a good question, is like, which way should people be responding? But Vivian, thank you. Well,
6: they can. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I don't think anything would be embarrassing more than to nobody show up.
4: Well, yeah, if if you could pull that off so that it was, you know, so they were just largely ignored and got no publicity and all that kind of thing. But that's not going to happen because they've got such, you know, the, the media, anything that has to do with Republicans or right-wingers, the media is all over it. I mean, you know, Bernie and Medicare for all people can have 35 protests a week and it'll get no coverage at all. But you get five guys together with guns who are shouting about fetuses and suddenly it's a national story. So, uh, you know, it's uh, or or shouting about, you know, Donald Trump got robbed or whatever. Vivian, thank you. Thank you very much. Michael in Bangor, Maine. Hey, Michael, what's up?
7: Very quickly, I'm a conservative. Uh, I'm an economic libertarian, the whole deal. OK, mm-hmm. Uh, that the texas law will never stand constitutional muster and people have to understand this for a number of different reasons but what will happen is that the the um, and, and i support this by the way big time i think this law is a circumvention of the direct political argument that we should all be making about whether abortion should happen or not uh i happen to believe It should have a few exceptions, but there should never be a convenience abortion. That's just my point of view. But we should have the argument directly. This law was a cutesy. uh, Try to get around uh, all the constitutional impediments. And I say to anyone out there who thinks that you can enact statutes like this, be careful what you wish for. Because why couldn't California do the exact same thing in regard
4: to the Second Amendment? exactly or or the first i mean you know whatever whatever
7: whatever right that now exists under the constitution you cannot have other people particularly citizens who are not deputized but in effect are getting to practice police power i agree and and so uh, i just wanted you to understand that there are constitutional conservatives out here who'd see absolutely no merit in this, and, uh, and I I really don't like what I'm hearing in terms of the hyperbole, that all conservatives do not have the rule of law in mind. That's not true. In fact, the vast majority of solid conservatives who, who live by the John Stuart Mill principle, whatever you want to talk about, we see this as an anathema. Yeah. And
4: I get it. I get it. And, and, and I, I share your perspective, Michael. And I'm wondering your thoughts on whether this is going to re- really, I mean, I, I wrote an op-ed last week, um, basically making the point that I thought that the, the Texas Republican Party was the dog that had caught the car. And now, you know, their, their jaws are locked on the bumper and the car is driving down the street, and they don't know what to do, but they can't get loose um uh and i think the in the election next year this is going to badly hurt republicans in texas uh as a a conservative i I realize you're in bangor maine but uh you know so you may not be all that up on texas politics but you know what are your thoughts on that
7: well my thoughts are that the uh, um the whole concept whether abortion should exist or not exist, is going to go on for the indefinite future. And um, I think that this is, this particular statute, is going to cause some concern, particularly in terms of female vote, uh, even even in Texas. But but the fact is, Tom, that the, the, the nation is going to have to, at some time, Confront the notion that either we're going to amend the Constitution and not have abortion, or we're going to continue to have abortion and then try to figure out what are the acceptable.
4: Well, Michael, we've already had that. Term. We've already had that debate, and the, you know, now I, I think I agree. By the way, with Phyllis Schlafly, and I make this case in my book, *The Hidden History of the, uh, the Supreme Court: and The Betrayal of America*, that right. had the Supreme Court not ruled in seventy-three on Roe v. Wade. At that point in time, there were, uh, abortion was already legal in multiple states. Had they not uh, ruled on, in Roe v. Wade, and this was the height of the women's movement, right? This was, I mean, because right. the birth control pill was legalized in 1961, and so you had the kind of free love of the 60s, and then you had the women's movement that really kicked off in the late 60s and early 70s. Had they not ruled... Um, eventually pretty much every state would have legalized abortion and we just never would have had all this polarization and these huge knockdown dragouts. that the Supreme Court overstepped their power frankly in my opinion and in Phyllis Schlafly's opinion and that that decision was a mistake he, uh, Now, the flip I side, agree
7: but the, can, the, I the, can I tell you why hang
4: on just a second Michael let me just finish this thought and then you can tell me anything you want um, the opposite argument for that is that because of that Roe decision, probably hundreds and maybe thousands of women did not die from coat hanger abortions and uh, who would have died during the 10 or 20 years it would have taken to get to the point where most states you know, decriminalized abortion by the 70s or 80s. Um, so you know, you can, there, there's, there's an active debate in the pro-choice community about whether Roe was you know right and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, it, and it created this whole counter movement. But, I, you know, I, I think the Supreme Court overstepped. But that said, I do think we have had this debate, Michael. Uh, you know, the vast majority of Americans believe that at least in the first trimester, and in, at six weeks we're talking about something that is smaller than a pinto bean and has a tail um, and does not have a beating heart, it has some cells that are quivering. That is part of the woman's body and it's her decision what to do with it. That during the last three months—that's the first three months. During the last three months, it is absolutely viable outside the womb, and therefore it is a baby. And the state does have some interest in having a conversation about, you know, how do we regulate this procedure? It's the—it's the three months in between those, the you know, the middle trimester where there's a lot of debate, uh, or, or arguably, I think, some reasonable debate. But here we are, you and I, two men talking about something that we will never have to confront individually, um, and choices that we will never have to make individually. And that, frankly, in my mind, is a problem, too. So whatever you wanted to say, go for it.
7: Well, boy, you really packed a lot of stuff in there that I could respond to. Uh, First, uh, let me say this, Roe versus Wade from a technical legal perspective was such an anathema because they created an unconstitutional right to privacy. That has always been the problem. The Constitution talks nothing about your privacy.
4: Actually, it does. Second,
7: well, it, it, it really doesn't from, from well, it, a, it, it a legal does. perspective. It does, it's just what you
4: have to understand, Michael, is that before Thomas Crapper invented the flush toilet in the 1880s, yeah. Um, (laughs) Toilets were outdoors, and they were referred to as privies, and when you said, I need some privacy, it meant I need to go out and use the outhouse. And that's why the founders never used the word privacy. It literally doesn't exist in any federal documents, any debates, anywhere, up until the 1880s. That was when we started using the word privacy to describe something other than going to the toilet. But they used other language that that meant the same thing. You have a right to, you know, your papers, your personal effects, your household. That's privacy.
7: I I understand that. That's not what we're talking about, though. A constitutional right. Now, don't. You, you don't have to agree with me. The constitutional right to privacy as it relates to the termination of a potential another person, that was the problem. Right,
4: and the, and the and key via- there is my
7: In the viability argument, a zygote fetus, I thought we got over that a couple of years or 10 years ago, and we all agreed that it's a human. It's just, when do you get to stop it?
4: Yeah. Michael, it, forgive my interrupting this. I can't control this break. Hang on. You're just listening
5: second. to Tom Hartman. Visit tomhartman.com for audio and video archives.
4: Give me a call back later in the week and we will continue the conversation. Michael, I'm sorry. I've got to go into a break here. Uh, a good conversation. Thank you for calling and thank a reasonable conservative. Oh my God. what a, What a wonderful thing.
3: the way car buying should be.
4: Raymond in Detroit. What
2: I want to really get across to, to the Democratic Party or the progressive wing or, or the, the corporate Dems, I don't care what it is, but i think that the we the party uh the people that are are interested in it we need to run a values oriented campaign and education we need to have something that contrasts what our candidates are we expect them to stand up to we we don't want to just burden people with these with these programs but we want to be able to say we believe in a healthy society and then then you can talk about using stuff like uh like single-payer health care. We believe in a healthy society. Therefore, we believe in the protection of the environment for ourselves and, and our in the future. And we need to contrast that with the values of the uh, cons or whatever you want to call it and uh, call them out by their actions, demonstrate their values. And we we expect our candidates to to function according to these values and this is what we expect our electorate to show up and express and express
4: you know i think support. what you're saying raymond actually reflects the the majority american viewpoint which is that government can be a force for good government should be doing you know should be helping society i mean government should be there to catch us when we fall when capitalism fails and, I mean, you know, we learned that lesson with the Great Depression. We learned that lesson with the great bush crash. Uh, we learned that, you know, repeatedly. We keep learning this lesson. We learn it every time there's a hurricane or a wildfire. And and yet there are still these voices who say, oh, no, government shouldn't do anything, you know, quack, quack, crack. But I think that the election next year is I, – I, I just can't believe that people in these red states are going to look at Greg Abbott and, and uh, you know, Kristi and and – and Ron DeSantis and say, yeah, that's what I want. I want more of that. I want more dead people. I want more cynicism. I want more cronyism. I want more deregulation. I want, you know, I, I want more crazy, you know, uh, craziness from my banks and, and, and polluting industries. I want you know, more utilities that can't keep the power on. I just, I just don't <clears throat> think that's going to happen, uh, Raymond.
2: Tom, mm-hmm. I think uh, I think in order to have that kind of stuff happen, is that needs to be the function of the party is to promote it through advertising and all these these things, and let the candidates bring up their their solutions within those values but when people go to uh go to the uh, uh the bulk polls and all that they really understand the difference but if we don't tell them what we're about they will, will just be a, it's the same old politician yeah. no i i agree raymond it, it, yeah, it,
4: it has it. to be a positive agenda it has to be expressed in in literally in bumper sticker language i completely agree raymond thank you so much mary in st paul minnesota what's on your mind mary
8: Yeah. Hi, Tom. Um, I was just calling to talk about my husband, who is a Trump supporter. Oh, my. And the other day, he's got these, always has these things that I check out later on, and then I find out they're not even close to true. They're based on a little thing. Mm -hmm. So the other day, he says, I've got a video showing that they're forcing children to have the COVID vaccine in Australia. I can show you the video. And I said, okay, show me the video. And then I called my friend in Australia, and she said, No, nobody under 16 can have the vaccine. We don't even have enough for the adults. She can't even get it till February herself. And the police commented that that so-called video was not of a kid being forced to have vaccine it was something else entirely
4: yeah it was like a so it, just, uh, it was a it was some vaccination project from years ago and it wasn't forced and it's i mean it was, it, it, it's amazing this stuff it's amazing i mean here's another one for you mary um one of the big memes that's going around the right wing circles right now is that when those uh, soldiers uh, the the you know who were killed in afghanistan were brought back and they were being taken off the the airplane and and, uh, President Biden and and, uh, First Lady Jill Biden were standing there very respectfully, that uh, every time one of the caskets was brought out, Joe Biden looked at his watch. And there was a guy on Fox News complaining about this. He was the parent of one of the kids who had died. And um, if you look at the actual AP photos, um, under his watch or, or over his watch, Joe Biden wears his son's rosary bow. Who, who served in, uh, in, in Afghanistan and Iraq. And what he was doing was every time one of those caskets came out, he was touching his son's rosary. I mean, the guy's a, you know, a dedicated Catholic. He was, he was saying a prayer for each one of the soldiers as they came out. And this idiot on TV, uh, you know, assuming that he's looking at his watch like he's in a hurry to get out of there. And then Fox News not even bothering to look at the pictures, you know, amplifying this, this horrible meme. I mean, it's just horrible. And yet, it's believed right across the right-wing sphere. It's tragic. So, how does he respond when you when you try to say, "Hey, no, you're wrong"?
8: In a very great while, like maybe once every two years, he'll admit that maybe that was wrong. But then he goes right back to the same news source and keeps yeah. coming up with new BS arguments that yeah. you know.
4: That's got to be a talk. Then tough later one.
8: on, I I started to keep track of him because he doesn't understand why his news sources. And I say, here's why, you know? So I started mm. to keep a list of them all because here's why I don't listen. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah, because it's a good Because all one.
8: these yep. things turned out to be false.
4: Yep, there you go. Mary, thanks right. for sharing the story. Good talking to you. Peter in Waldorf, Maryland. Hey, Peter, what's on your mind?
2: Hey, Tom, how are you?
4: Good, what's up?
2: Tom, I'm not so
7: good. I am very concerned about this uh, rally that they're holding for Trump. Uh, on the
2: 18th. And I'm concerned for a couple of reasons. One, they better have enough security, not just for the Trump
7: supporters, but I guarantee you, you're going to have a lot of counter-protesters that are there, and that could turn into a disaster.
4: There's going to be a lot of cops there. They're taking this very seriously.
7: I think they should have the National guard of president. well they may well
4: i you know i i mean they're they're gonna do it uh, the same way they did I, I believe you know from what i'm reading the same way they did when it was black lives matter you know uh, <laughs> which of course donald trump was president at the time so it's like oh my god there's black people coming bring every gun every cop every shield every and and they did you know i mean it was just you see the pictures the whole capitol building was ringed by guys with guns and shields and and, uh, you know, because, you know, black people are protesting and they're white allies. Oh, yeah. my God. Um, so I'm guessing it's going to look yeah. something like that. I'm I'm I, I'm and 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 also, uh, you know, one of the memes that's spreading across Facebook and other right wing social media is that uh, this is actually uh, a false flag operation, that they're trying to draw people to D.C. to arrest them and therefore go attack your local state capital. So now individual state capitals all around the country are having to go on high alert for September 18 as well so we'll see we'll see where it goes there was a particularly poignant video uh, that was uh, going viral on Saturday as I recall of a truck driver uh, you know a long-haul truck driver guy who listens to Sirius XM presumably I mean he didn't say Sirius XM but he said he, he listens you know all across the Maybe he's just going from right-wing station to right-wing station, whatever. He said that he had been basically told by all the right-wing talk show hosts that this was a Democratic hoax, that it was being exaggerated to try and make Trump look bad, uh, that, you know, you don't need to get the vaccine. It's experimental. It's too early. And so he didn't get vaccinated. And now he's in the hospital dying of COVID. And he's saying, oh, my God, had I had any idea how serious this disease is, I would have gotten vaccinated. Please get vaccinated. The next day he was dead. And his video is out there and it's going all over the place. But uh, and so there's a lot of this kind of last minute remorse going on. And and uh, and, and and also the blue cities in red states like, you know, uh, Oregon, for example, geographically, if you look at Oregon, you know, politically, there's this little blue. There's a couple of little blue dots, you know, around Portland, around Salem, our state capital, and around Eugene, where we have a, a big university. And then the whole rest of the state is bright red. All those bright red areas in Oregon, uh, those Trumpy areas, those counties are sending their COVID patients into our hospitals in Portland. Two of my kids work at, at, the, at one of the biggest hospitals in, in Oregon. And uh, it's, it's not good, Tom. I mean, we're down to 7% ICU beds statewide. And uh, it's just not good. It's so sad. Tom, thanks for the call. Gloria in Plantville, Wisconsin. Hey, Gloria, what's on your mind today?
1: Yeah, thanks. Yeah, my question is, and my concern is, that the employers do not have to actually tell or they don't want to tell or whatever uh what their employees um have not been vaccinated and i say when i go any place whether it be medical or whether it be um out to um, a restaurant or wherever that um hey i don't know i mean everybody in my family has been vaccinated all my friends have been vaccinated and 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 they're not you know we're you know concerned with this um delta which is one thousand times more contagious and and much more um and much much more um um uh, uh, harmful (laughs) right harmful and Okay, so then what happens is is that uh, years ago, when they had the polio, I mean, nobody thought anything of it. They took the polio vaccine, and 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 everybody was congenial. And this
4: smallpox, is, this is, same thing.
1: And right, right, and everybody was congenial, but this. This is like a, a really, really crazy. And 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 I met a lady in the in the grocery store the other day that said, Louisiana, I'm just from Louisiana. And she says, uh, Louisiana, if you come down here, you can't get a bed unless somebody else dies before you. Um, um, to get a bed at the hospital. Wow. It's like, oh my gosh, you know, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, you know, I, I didn't know the lady or anything, I just said hi to her and she said hi to me. And then, so that's that's upsetting to me and I'm sorry to get so upset, but thank you for taking my help.
4: Sure, yeah, like, no, really? it's it's a it's a good story, Gloria. And and it's a real crisis and it's and it's a crisis that's being created politically. I mean, you know, when, when Trump was president, he downplayed the virus, because he wanted the econ- he didn't want the economy to crash because he knew that you know, when the economy is down, presidents don't get a reelected, which is exactly what happened, by the way. Um, but then after he left the White House, he continued to downplay the virus and continues to this day and his minions to, to downplay masking and, and vaccination, um, not because he's trying to revive the economy like he was trying to do last year, but because he's trying to crash the economy now. If more people can get sick uh, in Trump's twisted logic and those and his followers, if more people can get sick, if our schools can become spreading centers for COVID, it'll echo through the economy, it'll crash the economy. There's an election coming up in, t- in 14 months, 15 months. And when that election happens, Um, 14 months, I guess it is. When that election happens, if the economy's in the crapper, then the Democrats will get thrown out of office. And that's their equation. And I think it's just wrong. I just think it's so, so very wrong. The real tragedy here is that so many of these people who are showing up wrapped in flags and the Gadsden flag and all this kind of stuff actually think they're patriots when in fact they are tearing this country down and they're doing it at the behest of foreign oligarchs who hate democracy and they want to see American democracy fail so they fill Facebook and other social media with these trolls and or they are they are uh, you know suckers to the to the to the Republicans who are trying to trash the economy so that they can take power in the 2022 elections and it just comes right down to that and it's a tragedy. It's also, I think, you know, uh, morally essentially a crime. Liz in Los Angeles. Hey, Liz, what's up? I worked in court. uh, I'm retired from the court.
6: But I occasionally had to float into the child support division. Mm Mm-hmm you would be surprised of how many men do not pay their child support. Now, some of them, because they're unemployed, you know, for valid reasons. Mm-hmm. However, you know, there are a lot of guys out there who have, excuse the expression, knocked up three or four women, have children with each of them. And I had one, I was there for one case where the man lived in another country. I'm not going to mention names because I don't want him to malign the country. But he would go and visit his wife every time he went down there. He'd knock her up. He had eight kids with her. He had three different girlfriends who he had children with. So wow. what about these guys? What about their responsibility? Yeah. What about vasectomies? What about castration? I mean, you know, mm-hmm. there are a lot of remedies. And I think men who don't purposefully pay their child support because they don't want to be so bothered. There should be a, a, a physical remedy for them too. I mean, a
4: mandatory vasectomy if you're if you're six months late in your child support.
6: Yeah, I might be yeah, able to support I mean, that. Assuming you're not, <laughs> you're not, I'm assuming you're not unemployed, but I mean, yeah, f- for that to get away with this,
4: child support and, deadbeats. And
6: why should this all be on the woman? Yeah, you know
4: so. Yeah. I'm with you. Liz, thank you. You made your point very well. I appreciate it. Andrea in Tucson, Arizona. Andrea, I have less than a minute for the, until the okay. end of the show. You got a quick one?
8: Yeah. Well, thanks, Tom. Uh, I know I've been listening, and uh, there's just one aspect I haven't heard a, lo- a whole lot of discussion, maybe because it's assumed it's built into the abortion uh, or the anti-abortion people, is that women are going to lose out on education if they're young, they're going to be curtailed from jobs because of inability to get childcare for numerous kids. So it's almost like the old days of, hey, the woman stays home has the babies and the men go to work and they're that's, no longer have a say in society. That's what they're trying
4: to do. Barefoot and pregnant, yeah. you know, keep them in the kitchen. All those, all those cliches from the 1950s. That's what Texas is trying to bring back. Very well said, Andrew. Thank you. We will be back tomorrow. Same bad time, same bad channel. In the meantime, don't forget democracy is not a spectator sport. It requires you. And boy, is it need a lot of help right now. So get out there, get active, tag, you're it. We'll see you tomorrow.